Welcome to your Sound Behavior Podcast, the place where you learn about the why you do what you do. What if you could score just 60 words and end up with a greater insight about yourself for a more successful life? What then if just for the fun of it, you could go on the air in a safe, friendly environment to be introduced to what makes you tick? Welcome to Sound Behavior. It's all about you. Now here's Don. Hi, this is Don Crosby, and I want to thank you for joining another episode of Sound Behavior. I've got a new friend on the phone from Los Angeles, California. Uh, and uh, Patrick, are you still with me, sir, on Skype? I am. Hey, I want to thank you. I, I don't know how you pulled it off, but uh, but you did. And I appreciate uh, the ability to uh, finally have us connect. So uh, we got introduced. We've never actually met, have we, sir? No, not at all. Our mutual friend, Greg, uh, Greg Forrest. Yeah, right there in, in beautiful California. And I've known Greg for, I don't know, 35 years. And, and, and you mentioned you've known him for a long time. And, and uh, I'm just honored that he connected us. Now, one of the things, Patrick, is typically I tell folks uh, to come on the podcast that they don't need to be a celebrity. However, I've had a few. Uh, but you indeed are a celebrity. So uh, can I tell, would you uh, introduce yourself a little bit about uh, what you do and some of your accomplishments? Well, I'm primarily known as an actor who's played largely villains in, in pretty large-scale um, action films over the years, 35 years, um, and about 80 television shows, uh, everything from Steven Spielberg's Minority Report to Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Replacement Killers with Chow Yun-Fat and Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis and uh, a couple with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And literally, I, I joke around and say I've been killed by every leading man on Earth and in <laughs> outer space. Um, but... Um, uh, and I'm also I've been a writer for about 50 years and that's led to being um, a script writer and a, a director and a producer and I've been an, a, a, a teacher of a program that I devised for acting uh, sort of an entertainment warrior mentorship program for uh, probably the last 15 years and impressive um, have run probably hundreds certainly hundreds of actors through that program mostly based on the the core curriculums of writing acting directing and producing and whatever their role was showing them that they needed the others and mm -hmm. showing them how to do the others impressive well, I know that uh, you've had many interviews. Uh, I, I've Googled you. I've watched some. I watched one particular one on Good Morning Washington. And uh, one of your, your quotes were that uh, we're all sort of complex people. And I love that because it really leads into to me introducing you to yourself, you know, in this podcast. And, and the whole concept is, and, and what's ironic here is that you, you took it actually three times. Now, I want to tell you, Patrick, you did not break the system. Okay, you didn't crash it, so that's 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 one good thing. I didn't want you to think that, geez, I I broke Don's system. I, I had to take his behavioral thing three times to get it right, but I'm sure you nailed it the first time. Uh, the way it works is the the sixty adjectives. Now, how how long did it actually take you once it went through for you? 
not very long because I was used to the <laughs> the questions by that point, and uh-huh. and uh, I think there's some. Uh, uh, it's it, when you start asking what do others expect of you. Yes, that's a little tricky, uh, isn't it? That's a little trickier than what you think you are or what you uh, conceive of yourself as. Yeah, so um, absolutely, it'd be probably pretty interesting to see how someone else would take the test in my regard. Yeah. Because I often think the way we are perceived by others is very, very different sometimes from our either what we're putting out or how we perceive ourselves. Right. Now, the way that works, and that was one of the things that I was very fascinated by, is that how can something that we self-score accurately measure the perception of how people perceive us to be? And, and the concept is, is that based on how we're trying to be in other relationships of, of life, far as, you know, responsibilities, maybe, uh, you know, as a husband, a father, uh, a son, a sibling, a friend, and so on and so forth. We have all these different relationships. When someone needs us, we're always working toward to help do what we need to do to be responsible. And therefore, some of those acts of, of trying to be uh, everything to everybody can create uh, maybe some unwanted stress, but also take and create a, a perception of how people really perceive who we are. So that's kind of what the tool does. It helps us un- unravel and get a complete understanding. But, uh, you know, I've went through, I've watched, uh, you know, I've been a fan of yours for a lot of, a lot of years and, and, and didn't even know of you. Uh, you know, here you are. You're a big guy. You know, how tall are you, Patrick? You're 6'3", 6'4"? 6'5"? Well, I say... I started out about six two and a half. Um, I'm, I'm probably six one and a half now. But uh, you know, you're a big man. Uh, I, I mean, uh, yeah. you you um, you obviously handle yourself very well. Can take that role on like like a uh, like a master. Uh, and, and then with a little makeup, you you look the part. I mean, my gosh, look into your eyes on in those movies that uh, you definitely mean business. Well, um, you know, one of the reasons I wrote the book, Dying for Living, was to examine all of that. Um, an interesting thing that I remembered after I had finished this volume, and there's two volumes. One is my upbringing and writing career, and the other is showbiz uh, exclusively. Um, they both encompass politics and some of my family life and all of that, but um as well as the entertainment. But one of the things that I remembered, and when you write a book like that, an autobiography, you're constantly remembering things over periods of years. And I remembered that I had done a play. And to me, it's a small thing. And it sounds, may sound self-involved, but I thought it was kind of telling. I I remembered after I, I, I had written the first volume that, in second grade or first grade, wow. um, our our school did a play, and I was made the antagonist. <laughs> and so, at, at at a very tiny young age, they, you know, it was the Pied Piper of Hamlin, and they made me the mayor, who's the essentially drives the Pied Piper out of the town instead of the Pied Piper. 
And yet physically, when I look at myself at that time and I look at pictures of that, there's there's no reason why I might not have been just a conventional leading man. Uh-huh. Uh, but instead, I was always placed in the um, in the antagonist role. Interesting. And it was, and it was really, to me, I found that kind of telling. Uh-huh. So I don't really know. I'm sure some of it had to do with fire, and I was I uh, had a, a natural sort of youthful craziness and exuberance and all of that. But um, early on, at an age of nine, I got the nickname Killer. And, and then uh, <laughs> when I was playing That's football, me. when I was playing football, I played every position on the team, but Eventually, in defense, they devised an entire defense around me called the Monster Man Defense. Interesting. So, and I was given this position called the Monster Man who could go anywhere he wanted and do whatever he wanted. And I thrived in that environment. Mm-hmm. You know, you could key off whoever their best back was. Or mm-hmm. their best. You could line up on the far side of the field, or you could go right over the center, whatever you wanted to do. So there's something about me that generated that response in others very, very early on. That's a beautiful story. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, if you just tuned in, this is Don Crosby with uh, Cat, uh, Patrick Kilpatrick, uh, you know, actor, famed actor, producer, uh, script writer. Um, gosh, he, he's done it all. You need to go to uh, patrickkpatrick.com and, and check out Patrick's uh, profile. It's fascinating. Get a copy of his books. Uh, what I would like to share, Patrick, is to give you kind of a, some insight of the why. Here you shared with me, you know, the, the, the ability at a very young age to go out and just make stuff happen. And, and let me share a little bit about your behavior to see how this uh, compares or confirms what you feel uh, about your accomplishments. But, uh, so Patrick took the uh, PDP Pro scan. It took him, uh, well, he's did, he did it three times, but I'm sure that each time it didn't take you but uh, three or four minutes each time. But uh, one of the things, Patrick, is you have a lot of energy. And the, yeah. kin- and the kinetic energy is, thank you, the kinetic energy is the potential energy that a person has to put into life. And this is the one true hereditary trait. So your mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, somewhere in that genetic lottery, uh, you... Uh, inherited this high energy and by high energy i mean the ability so in football you had the ability to practice to run endlessly uh, because you enjoyed it you had to have an outlet to release your energy does that does that make sense sure yeah Yeah, and it's very true excellent and so that high energy can't be just something uh that someone can want desire or uh, uh pray for wish for um is it either have it or you don't have it. Uh, the other thing is that you don't have a lot of patience, um, meaning you like closure. Uh, it's not that you can't wait for something, but in a perfect world, you like to make it happen. Does that make sense? It does. And it's, uh, here's another thing I, I've known for a long time about myself was um, I will act just before the universe gives me what I'm waiting for. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I often wonder, is that because I'm ahead of the curve or is that because 
uh, like I'll, I, if I was standing in line and become frustrated with that, I'll go to the front of the line and speak with the manager to be entered in just as they were coming to get me. Right. Like that. Right. Um, and it happens time and time and time and time again. Excellent. Let, let me share with you why. Um, so a part of it's that impatience, because in, in, when, when you feel something is not, you know, part of your gifting, and I always look at these graphs, Patrick, of the brilliance of how someone's designed. And part of your decision-making style is very intuitive. I mean, you could be on a set and you're supposed to do something, and all of a sudden something hits your tummy, it hits your heart, and you go, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna up my game just a little bit. I'm gonna change this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that." But you've got this gut feeling that is extremely accurate. Does that make sense? It is, and my and my girlfriend calls it manifesting um, to to some extent, like. For me, the universe has always supported whatever I wanted to get done in the sense that um, I'll I'll need maybe I'll need an assistant mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. or someone to be a graphic designer or something. And then they're there. That's interesting. Um, it, it's it, it's like the, the universe. Uh, now, it, it sometimes doesn't always happen exactly on the timing, but pretty much it does. Um, I, I tend to look at life as somewhat miraculous mm -hmm. in, in that regard. Yeah. Well, um, I, I can't speak to that, but I know that behaviorally, you've got a very quick intuition, meaning uh, it's like a, a, a cat falling. Mm -hmm where the cat never, you know, it doesn't land on its back. It always, it just lands on its feet. It's just very, a very quick. And, and your logic, your, your intuition, I would say is very keen when it comes to, uh, making quick decisions, um, yeah. accurate decisions. Um, and you probably have scars where you've tried to kick yourself because you didn't follow your own advice. You, you got talked into something, but, um, uh, along with, uh, and I wanted to get back to that comment you made about the uh, when you're in line and you've waited and you feel like you need to uh, um, voice, uh, you know, the concern of, of why you should get in. Um, you have this, your, your primary style is that ease of intermixing with people. I mean, you can sell anything to anybody if you believe in it. That's true. And I've had to be very careful that I'm not leading people somewhere that's not going to succeed sure but i'd call that sure. passion yeah I, I'd, I'd call that passion uh yeah you've got that ease of of whatever it is that um uh you know you, you know your your ideas you're passionate about you've got that natural ability to convey what you're feeling which i believe is a gift the second style is you're a bottom line kind of guy how much is it who's doing it let's do it or cut bait and and that's where you you're very competitive um, yeah, I'm pretty dedicated once I decide to do something. Oh, yeah. I, if, if I were your, your brother, uh, your neighbor, your cousin, your uncle, uh, I'd simply say, you know, Patrick, uh, I doubt if you can do that. And the hair on the back of your neck would probably stand up and, and you'd figure out a way how to do it. Uh, you know, hit the, hit the YouTube and, and uh, determine, you know, how can I make this thing happen? Does that make sense at all? Yeah, I call it, um, my father was an underwater demolition team 
guy in World War II in Korea, although they didn't do much for Korea. As he said, just kill sharks with hand grenades off Virginia Beach. But uh, he was very active in World War II in, in the Pacific. And, very impressive. Um, the Navy SEAL Credo, which is, and I, I don't mean this in any stolen valor way, but that d DNA that my father had is both in an affinity for water mm -hmm. and everything else is is in me and and their credo is um, essentially where there's a will there's a way you mm -hmm. know that everybody is capable of ten times their perceived limitations and so um, to say something can't be done uh, really doesn't resonate with me very much yeah um, absolutely yeah I, I can see that in your behavior. It'd be interesting if you had the behavior of your father to see the similarities of, of yours to his. He's a very different uh, man. He's passed away. But uh, I think of myself very much as a combination between my mother was an extremely fiery, uh, accomplished person as well. Mm -hmm. And I think I got a lot of her genetic um, makeup as much as my father. Interesting. Uh, yeah. you, you know, again, looking at your behavior, one of the things I see is, uh, now when I say low, low is not a negative. You know, sometimes when we hear low, we go, oh my gosh, I failed. In, in our uh, vocabulary, low is simply the definition, is simply the location of the particular trait. But uh, part of your, your natural gifting of that, uh, of details, is that you're an outside-the-box kind of thinker. Uh, you and paperwork, uh, you know, something, I'm not saying you can't do it, and I'm not saying you're not good at it, but uh, for you, uh, you know, you're a bottom-line kind of guy that can look at a stack and know what to do, but to get in to do the paperwork. Yeah, it's usually delegated to <laughs> somebody who's working for me. Yeah, get, or get, figure out a way to yeah. get expertise to be applied to it. Yeah, but you know that, right? Uh, anything that deals oh, yeah. with a contract or paperwork, you know, get, get advice and, and uh, delegate it, and then... Uh, uh, you'll read the final to sign off on it, but uh, yes, yeah. Thank you. How am I doing so far on the accuracy? Have I pointed out a few things that uh, now th th these aren't things that you these are not things that are are new to you, but you're hearing from a guy that you've never met before. Right. No, I think you're dead on. Yeah. Thank you. Now, here's here's something I want you to think about. And uh, with my behavior, I I I, I can relate uh, somewhat to yours is the area of how you accomplish your goals and aspirations. And uh, there's a term that we have called thrust. And thrust is like a rocket ship. It's just uh, make it happen, get it done, action, reaction. And, and yours is like off the chart. Uh, meaning that when you get an idea to do something, you're gone. Uh, Energy-wise, for example, if you may forget to take something with you um, uh, and, and leave it on your desk, and you get in your car and you go, where's my, and you go, whoa, you know, I just had that. Um, because does that ever happen to you at all? Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, I mean, a former uh, girlfriend used to call me Mr. Two Times because whenever I left the house, <laughs> she knew I was coming back uh, <laughs> shortly to get something. But um, I love I, it. Uh, Mr. Two Times. I, I, I tried to make things uniform enough so that uh, I, I don't do that. And also, 
to have backup systems both in the car and elsewhere Brilliant. so that um, I don't have to return um, very often. Yeah, that's brilliant. So let me share with you why you do that. And because I knew that I'm moving fast mentally. Exactly. Your head is moving so quick that uh, emotionally, mentally, you're already engaged where you're going and you run out of the house. uh, And uh, and that's why through learned behavior, it's, it's maybe having a table right by the door. So the night before, when you think about it, you put it on the table. And the last thing that you do uh, before you leave the house is look at the table. And it's that learn, yeah. learn behavior. And, um, you know, my, my, I, you know, you, you do good at two times. I mean, I'll do two or three times. Um, yeah. my wife, she thought for sure that I was, uh, I, I needed some, um, some drugs or something to, to, to fix my brokenness of why would I have to come back to the house so often? And, uh, when I learned this about myself, it basically changed my life. So, so you know why you do it, and and actually you understand that you're you're mentally, uh, emotionally already there. So you're ahead of the game. Typically, uh, Patrick, when I bring this up to folks, uh, it's an aha moment for them. Right now, I I know enough to stay organized, keep things where they're supposed to be, and um, but isn't that just part of maturity? No, on some level, no. No, it's. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I think I think the um, the ability to capture, uh, like you've done, capture the uh, understanding that um, you know it's it's not a flaw, but it's just something you have to work around. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's maturity. But I know I know people that I've I've met through the years, and I've been doing this for twenty seven years. Spoke with thousands of people like you and I are doing, and. Uh, and many people have never figured that out. They just go through life of still taking two, three times to to get their stuff. Uh, they'll they'll forget things in their hotel room, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Which um, uh, sadly, I've been accused of doing. I'm very conscious of it, it, this isn't working, or this little thing is causing me extra time. Like uh, we, I don't have a, a light in the hallway, um, and searching for keys there uh without a light is something that i i i could see was it's just a small thing but it's it's causing me to take extra time to get the key to open the door so i solve it by getting the key before i get to the door in the lighted area um, or putting um relief things on the keys so you can feel which key it is in the dark mm-hmm. uh, so I, I try to take care of those things anything that's cutting down on your swiftness i try to i love it uh, eliminate that's brilliant well you know your your profile is is one that enjoys change and so with you and your career and and, and looking at all these different movies uh, what, what were some of your most favorite movies that's something that's probably a question that's asked you frequently but um, wh- it is. Um, it, it's a bit like um, which child do you love more? <laughs> um, which is well because, stated. Uh, each one, well, I really loved each one, each job for a different reason. Um, I sometimes say it's, it's hard to beat working with Spielberg, but and that's true. But on a big studio movie. Um, where you have 
a thousand, perhaps a thousand human parts, mm -hmm. um, you're going to have downtime. Uh, it doesn't even matter if you're Tom Cruise or, or who you are. There are so many components to a movie of, uh, of that scale. And it, the, the length of time on them is so long that um, while the experience is exhilarating, you literally have to, br I would bring my own work and writing into those things because mm -hmm. you've got downtime. Mm -hmm. Whereas on a, a low budget, down and dirty little thing uh, where you're hired for two days, uh, you are five minutes after you get there, you're shooting your own weapons and, and driving your, your, your stunt car yourself and mm -hmm. uh, improv, improving dialogue in a, in a weird Scottish accent. And, and, and the process is very swift and mm -hmm. that's incredibly engaging and, and um, enthralling in a way that sometimes uh, a big movie that's, paying you a lot more money, but you're, you're um, only being part of a, a massive operation. Mm -hmm. that's, that's really fascinating. I can see with your behavior how that Fast and Furious uh, timeline for you is just uh, the rush is something that's kind of like you're, uh, you, you just flow with it. That's just probably, that's, that's probably your sweet spot. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think one of the things I've learned, too, is I, and I, when I teach actors um, to give themselves the gift of uh, the actors, I think sometimes by their nature, at least the good ones, um, want to jump in. Mm -hmm. um, but I say give yourself the gift of quietly leading the reading the script and 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 organizing your thoughts as you go forward, because. There's a couple of things that actually ends up being swifter because rather than setting up a neural pattern in your head of mistakes and stops and starts, you're actually setting up a neural pattern of closer to perfection as you move forward. Interesting. So um, there's, I shoot recreationally uh, weapons uh, as a sort of outgrowth of playing all these villains and training with police and stuff and there's an expression in that um uh activity slow is fast fast is slow mm -hmm. i've heard it yep. so you you sometimes it's much better to qualitatively move slowly through the components and and that leads to swiftness of execution mm -hmm. yeah it's it's um you know, it's just fascinating when you start talking about the timing uh, and the implementation towards the ex execution. And uh, and when you look at someone's behavior, you know, you could get, you know, if you had someone was that was much more patient, more methodical, um, they might need more time to engage. Uh, they may not be as quick to respond. Uh, but uh, I, with you, I, I, that's definitely one of your giftings is the ability to, to uh, you know, once you've connected intellectually and, and, and you know what you need to do when, and then when you've got that, low, that intuition, that gut feeling that works so well for you, it's almost like music for you. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I found I had certain natural gifts that I didn't know. Now, they may exist for a lot of people, 
that they don't know. But for example, I found that I had, when I first began memorizing lines was challenging, but it really developed into almost a photographic memory, literally as if you went to a gym and practiced and um, your muscles grew. Mm -hmm. The muscle mm -hmm. of yeah. memorization yeah, muscle memory. Yeah. grew um, uh, to a, a point where I had a, a great competitive advantage over most other people who were competing for acting jobs because uh, you can give me a script and in, in 10 minutes I've learned it. And and, that's uh, impressive. I was going to ask you if uh, how long it took you to uh, memorize some of these scripts. It's, it'd take me, I couldn't, I could do it for days and, and, and uh, I, I still couldn't remember it. Well, some, uh, some of that actually is a component on how good the writing is. Mm. Uh, but not always. I mean, if you take like um, the great British playwright, I, I, his name eludes me for just, but he writes so many words that are about what, but they're they're similar, so it's it's very challenging to memorize a play like that. Um, but in a large measure, uh, I literally and I teach people. How, there are tricks to it that I've developed, but we try to teach actors so that, like, suppose you go on an audition and they say, "Wow, that was brilliant." But we really think that you're right for this part. Mm -hmm. So they they give you another set of material. And even a guy like Spielberg, he's writing scenes all the time. So you'll arrive at the set and they've got brand new scenes for you. Yes. So, um, but in the case of the audition, it's a completely different character. Mm -hmm. um, I teach people how to assemble that completely within about 20 minutes because you go out and you go through the steps and you, the memorization of it. And that's a tremendous competitive advantage. If you come back 20 minutes later and you're a completely different person and you've completely memorized the, the portion of the script they've given you, generally they're astounded by that. Then they know that they're in the hands of a masterful actor. Um, but unless somebody knows how to do that, they're not able to do it. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I always wondered about that, where uh, when the script would change, basically, I would think for some people, it could throw them completely off base because they're off balance even, because they're expecting to be one character uh, going in a certain direction. And then all of a sudden they learn, and emotionally they have to change uh, you know, who they are in, in a very quick amount of time. Well, that's true, and if they get locked into, even momentarily, into the notion that um, relearning or different learning is more difficult than the original learning, yes, then they can really hinder themselves. Well, it's it's not. You have to throw that that preconception we have uh, of. Uh, of relearning or different learning is different from the original learning or more difficult. Get rid of that. Interesting. Um, something you just have to get away mm -hmm. with. I mean, I, if you're if an actor, um, you're often put in situations that virtually have the appearance of being impossible. Mm -hmm. um, the amount of material that, I mean, 
in my case, I do have done a lot of dialects, you know, accents. Yes. And so you, um, uh, the process I use is I will um, go to a dialect coach, mm-hmm. either live or over the phone, and mm-hmm. work on the dialect. And so, I, and your mind becomes a job. I know I can assemble any dialect or any accent mm-hmm. pretty quickly, but still, if you go to a set and they give you ten pages of new stuff in Russian, and and then you don't have the the, uh, the uh, luxury of the process of conferring with the dialect coach. Um, but lo and behold, you're able to do it. Well, Patrick, I, I want to thank you for your time. It's been really an honor to have this opportunity to chat with you. And uh, once again, Patrick Kilpatrick, you've got to go to his website. Uh, actor, producer, director, uh, mentor. I think that's uh, where I hear your heart right now is being a mentor to other actors so they can have a partial of the experience and the fame that you've been accustomed to. But uh, you got to check out his website at patrickkilpatrick.com. Get the book, buy a bunch of them. Christmas is coming up and support uh, my new friend, Patrick. You've been listening to Don Crosby and your Sound Behavior Podcast. If you'd like to be a special guest, get a copy of Don's book, or simply share Sound Behavior with your friends and family, go to soundbehavior.com. That's soundbehavior.com.